It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Wednesday, my friends. And of course, welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. And we start, yeah, we do, with a bit of boxing with promoter Eddie Hearn exclusively joining the wonderful and award-winning Law Woods discussing Anthony Joshua's upcoming fight against Alexander, not Alexander, Alexander Usyk. Not, no, it's just Usyk, isn't it? And the potential for AJ to fight Tyson Fury as early as February. Oh, just make it happen whenever it happens. Just get it in the diary. We always wanted to do it in December, but I think yeah. with AJ fighting September 25th, Fury now delayed October. until October. I think February is more realistic. Um, you know, they had a they had a huge offer from Saudi Arabia to do the fight there. You know, we talked off air about you know the possibility of staging that fight in different countries, and ultimately in, in the in in the fight game, which yeah. is extremely dangerous. And you know, oh, these absolutely. guys are putting themselves on the line. It is about generating as much money for the fight as possible, and there's no point petering around that and pretending there's not but you know with fans back in the UK is that an option Las Vegas you know we'll see but first things first let's just beat Usyk at yeah, because yeah. if that if yeah. that if that doesn't go to plan <laughs> then we might as well forget about it with the fights coming up obviously Fury's got to fight Wilder and AJ's got to fight Usyk the disappointment of that last time and probably to be honest with you the, the, the sort of distrust that I have for that for a lot of people on that team i just rather focus on the Usyk fight I, the, the aim is always going to be the same to win the Undisputed Championship and that will never change so it will always be there it will always be my job it will always be our intention to try and make that fight but right now you know Again, we, we work so hard to get that over the line. We got it in place. It was taken away from us. That's okay. That's life. That's business. But really, if we keep looking at that fight and not looking at the Usyk fight, mm. we might be wasting our time anyway. So hopefully, AJ beats Usyk. And the new WBC heavyweight champion of the world, the Gypsy King, Tyson. Hopefully Fury beats Wilder and then we can just make that fight. You know, we've got pretty much a deal in place from from the last conversations that I think still works and everyone would be happy with. You know, I do believe that Tyson Fury wants the fight with Anthony Joshua and I know that AJ wants that fight more than ever, but there's certainly people in the team that I think don't want the fight. If you listen to the comments during the build-up, you know, it was there, there was no enthusiasm. It was just us out there trying to do this deal, trying to get it over the line. And and maybe I should have spotted that, but we were very focused to try and make it happen. I presumed 
everyone would want the biggest fight in boxing. But hey-ho. The only good thing I'll say is, and, and I'm not saying Fury Wilder's a cracker, but it's still, you know, it's, it's intriguing. And AJ against Usyk is a really good fight. So at least we've got two good fights mm. building up to that fight. Now the USA's most successful ever gymnast, Simone Biles, says she has pulled out of the women's team event early to protect her mental health. She left the arena after just one round before returning later to support her teammates as they secured silver. Team GB gained the bronze medal. Biles, who reached all five individual finals in Tokyo, has revealed she's not enjoying the games. No injury, thankfully, and that's why I took a step back because I didn't want to do something silly out there and get injured. So I thought it was best if these girls took over and did the rest of the job, which they absolutely did. They're Olympic silver medalists now, and they should be really proud of themselves for how well they did last minute having to go in. Um, and it's been really stressful, this Olympic Games. I think just as a whole, um, not having an audience, there are a lot of different variables going into it. It's been a long week. It's been a long Olympic process. It's been a long year. So just a lot of different variables, and I think we're just a little bit too stressed out. Um, but we should be out here having fun, and sometimes that's not the case. On to Team Gub, who have now had their best ever start to a Games over in Tokyo. New Olympic champion Tom Dean admitted he struggled to walk up the stairs when he contracted coronavirus for a second time at the start of this year. He produced the performance of his life to take gold in the 200 meters freestyle at Tokyo 2020, just beating his teammate Duncan Scotty Scott, who took silver. Dean says it's been a difficult journey to reach the top of the podium. Not actually, when he just stood on it. He means because he's come on a bit of a journey, I imagine. I did have it twice the second time in the new year. The second time much worse than the first. I was, I was quite ill for about 10 days uh, and I served the whole isolation period. And it's a slow build back up because of the nature of the sport we do and the nature of the disease. You can't just go straight back into full on training. So it required a few weeks of building back up. And that was around January, February time. And you know, two, three months out from our Olympic trials, I'm stuck inside, unable to even exercise in, inside my own flat. So it was, it was tough to kind of wrap my head around that during Olympic year, but my coach managed to keep me grounded and built me back up for a good Olympic trials and we were able to have a solid block between then and now and it, and it paid off. Now this is Chris Cook, the former Team Goob swimmer and Jackie Hughes, Tom Dean's mum, on what her family have to look forward to now they have a gold medalist in the family. Oh look at us, we've got a gold medalist in the family. No, you should shout from the rooftops. It's an amazing achievement. I know I'm sleep deprived at the moment <laughs> for all the right yeah. reasons. Just watching the boys uh, this morning, early hours was just inspiring. You know, I heard Adrian Morehouse say a few years ago when I was a kid, he said those moments when he would just be doing his shopping and it would all of a sudden hit him that he was Olympic champion yeah. from years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think you and your family have got that to look forward to of those moments when you just have those sobering thoughts. It's, it's mm -hmm. incredible. But to see those boys just win silver and gold last night or this morning just shows the depth of the character and the commitment that we've now got within the team. And once you get that momentum moving, once you get that movement forwards, it's incredible how it kind of lights a fire up inside other people and it makes them go, well, if they can do it, I can do it. If you laid out to any parents, just starting the child learning to swim, if you laid out what the journey might look like, you know, the highs look incredible, but if you laid out for them what that would mean for them as parents or a family, 
I I think very few would, you know, grasp it with both hands because it is a slog. But as Chris said, when you're so tight, you just produce magic. And the inspiration of other kids around who thought, gosh, you know, there's a boy from a small club. I can relate to that. I could, I could be that person. And that's just so fantastic. Now, Bianca Walkden bounced back from huge disappointment in Tokyo after she lost in the final second of her taekwondo semi-final going on to claim bronze later on in the day. The Liverpool athlete says it wasn't quite what she'd hoped for at the Games. Yeah, obviously, like um, everyone knows me, I set it so high, the bar, I was going for gold. It's not the colour I did want. Um, but again, I've come away with another Olympic medal. Um, I went out there, I gave my heart and soul, I fought everything I could. Um, I've, we've shown to how good Taekwondo is to watch, how dynamic it is, how exciting it is to watch and how hard it is to come back out and fight again for something that it wasn't the colour I wanted um, but to come out and do that again it is mental and physical strength so um, hopefully I've inspired someone and um, done everyone proud to, to say that I have gotten another Olympic medal Now England cricketers will hold talks with the England and Wales cricket board over the possibility of families travelling with the squad to the Ashes in December as concerns grow that players are considering pulling out of the tournament due to strict Covid protocols in Australia. Steve Hammy Harmison believes the England players are right not to want to tour without their families. My first Ashes tour, my daughter Abby was born on the 4th of December. I seen her for the first time on I think on the 26th of February. I didn't come home. I couldn't come home. And I only came home for four days. And then I went back to the World Cup. So it's gone of that day. I mean, it has. It's, it's completely different. And the next time we went, we fought tooth and nail to get our families, because of reasons like that, four years on, moving on. We fought you know, everything with ECB to get our families to Brisbane for the first test match, to be with us all the way through till January. Because tours had changed, times had changed. We go away for huge amounts of time. It's not like that anymore. So I think the mindset has to change of, you know, you see them on the boat going to Australia and being away for six months at a time. Them days are gone. And I understand with the players. And being the COVID world it's in, I would have I would have huge anxieties that I wouldn't be able to go for four months of the year. I had them anyway, but that was yeah. a different time. But Australia is such a difficult place to go when you're like this and you're cooped up and locked in. I can see why the players, yes, they want their families there, but if they're not going to let the families in and they're not going to let them free to roam, I don't think I would go. I really mm. don't. If I'm putting my hand on my heart, I'm not sure I would go with what's happening in the world. However, his former England teammate, Darren Goffey Goff, Question England's cricketers' mindset, having been happy to be away in the IPL and Big Bash. The only thing that frustrates me, and, I, and, and listen to what I say to people, is they didn't seem to be a problem when they went to IPL in a bubble life, and then they jumped on private jets, didn't go home to see the family, they jumped on a private jet from India um, after their test series, and went and played in a Big Bash in a bubble where they had to quarantine for 10 days for another 10 days and then stayed at a tournament out there for four weeks before coming home and then saying they were mentally fatigued to start the season but then managed to play in some of the biggest leagues around the world now my big thing here is they all want to play in the World Cup right yes you could say it's a World Cup but also the reason they want to play in a World Cup is but the money in our game is in the shortened format is in T20 and if you go and perform in the UAE 
at the World Cup T20, there's a massive, massive auction next year for the first year again of a new three-year cycle of the IPL, where the best players can go for $2 million. Now, why don't the players miss that and go play in the Ashes? If Test Crick is the ultimate level of performance and that's how you want to be judged on as a great player, miss the World Cup and go play in the Ashes. But they won't miss that because if they do well in the World Cup, they get $2 million to play six weeks in India next year. Now, Manchester United have confirmed they've reached an agreement with Real Madrid to sign defender Rafael Varane. Oi, Goldstein, what kind of palaver is this? Doing the old Varane again, mate. We've heard this every single podcast. Why don't you just call it the Varane Daily Podcast? Oh, shut your face. I call it what I want. <clears throat> anyway, Darren Ambrose thinks the World Cup winner would complete a formidable defence at Old Trafford. He's right, actually. And Arsenal Invincible Ray Romford Pele Parler believes the Frenchman could be a great signing for Manchester United. Man City was so good defensively last year. That's what they really improved on. Ruben Diaz come in, and you never know what, what sort of a situation you're going to have of a player, whether he settles, but he settled so well in the Premier League. And John Stone's got better alongside him. Mm. So if Varane can be very similar to how Ruben Diaz settled into the Premier League, then again, they've got a, a fantastic defence. Outstanding. They did need to improve in that area. And he's chipped it over the top of David De Gea and a Harry Maguire mistake may just have guaranteed that Manchester United are going out of the Champions League. Harry Maguire has had a fantastic Euros, so he'll come back full of confidence. But to have someone next to him like Varane, a World Cup winner, multiple La Ligas, Champions League, again, I think four Champions Leagues. He's a winner. He's still young, still only 28. 40 million plus add-ons, if, if that's true. That's an outstanding price that they're getting him for. And, you know, Manu, in terms of defence, if they can get potentially Trippier, there's rumours of him as well that's going to come in. Whether he'll be back up or whether Wambazaka might try and move in and, and play a three at the back, you're looking at a fantastic defence there. <laughs> We've seen lots of players come in before and haven't managed to do it. Man United players, Varane, Falcao, Di Maria in there, Depay at Man United, went to Man United, Forlan as well, Schweinsteiger, uh, Gerard Piquet. These players could not adapt to the Premier League. Didn't make them bad players. Didn't suddenly say they weren't great players. They struggled to adapt to the Premier League and, and that may be the case. Back now to Edwin Hearn on seeing England goalkeeper Jordan Pickford on holiday in the Caribbean, beating the kids at cricket. I've literally no idea what's just about to come. We've watched the England game. I was out there for the final. My kids were there and family was there. And, and two days later, Jordan Pickford's bowled into the hotel. Oh, wow. So my kids have just run up to me <laughs> screaming, you know, Dad, Dad, Jordan Pickford's in the hotel. I said, listen, listen. I said, the guy's just come off, right? The most stressful couple of weeks. Please, just let him enjoy his time with his family. Okay, okay. Then he's walked past them. Pickford! Pickford! <laughs> they've got all these songs they learn on, on TikTok, you know. Yeah. So on the last day, it's quite funny because he's a real competitor. We had a game of golf and I could see how hard he was trying. Mm. And on the last day, we were playing a bit of beach cricket. And these kids were coming up to bowl. You know, some of them I knew from family friends. One was 11, pretty decent. I think he's on the verge of the Essex team. Jordan was just tonking him everywhere. I mean, he's trying so hard. You know, <laughs> it's like, it, Jordan, <laughs> let him hit the stump. It's got about 15 rows back, manners. How's that 76 metres? Stop that's it. That's it. at least 90.
Well, that's it, gang. Thanks for listening on the Talks by Apple, wherever you get your podcast from. Don't forget, of course, to press that subscribe button. I'm back today on TalkSport on Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show with Jamie O'Hara from 4pm. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport daily podcasts out first thing in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day, and above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.